The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Neutralizing the enemy. A text is still from Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read um, um, a few additional scriptures to the ones we read last week. From verse 6, the word of God says in Genesis 3, 6. says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was, was what? Beautiful. And its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it will give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Then the Lord God said to the servant, because you have done this, you are cursed, you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live and I will cause hostility between you and the woman between a seed, between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heels. And we explained elaborately how our God is tripartite, as in is a trinity rather. God is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we explained how the enemies of God, the, Father, the, the Holy Spirit, is different, as it were, from the enemy of, of, of God the Son, the Lord Jesus, and how to tackle the enemy of the Holy Spirit, how to tackle the enemy of the Lord Jesus, and most importantly, the enemy of the Father. And we explained elaborately the enemy of the Father. And, and, and we said that if you can get rid of the enemy of the Father, you will have sorted out a whole lot as far as neutralizing the enemy is concerned. Why? Because... The church has been focused only on one of the three enemies. And we said that the enemy of the father is what? Is what? Not just the world, not the world. It's the love of the world. It's the love of the world. And we read in James 4.4, 4, the word of God says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone, everybody say anyone, bishop, archbishop, pastor, evangelist, brother, sister, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world automatically becomes an enemy of God. Praise the Lord. And we, we saw in 1 John 2.15, the, the word of God says that do not love the world. Do not love the world. This world, not the things that it offers you. When you love the world, you do not love the Father. The love of the Father is not in you. For the world offers only three things. The craving for physical pleasure, number one. Number two, the craving for the things we see. And number three, the pride of our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And the world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone, everybody say anyone, anyone 
who does what God pleases will what? Live forever. So we see the three things that, that poses as, as from the world, that the world offers us. We see the, the, the craving for the things we see, the lust of the eyes, as we said, the, the, the craving of, of, of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And God is saying, those things should not be in you and I. Why? Because when those, it's just amazing because these things are so simple. In fact, these things are the things that we are confronted with every day. But God is saying, if those things are in you and I, then the love of the Father will not be in us. And if the love of the Father is doing us, we, we are not as powerful as we ought to be spiritually. We lose spiritual space. We lose authentic spiritual authority. So it's not just the bag. It's the craving for the bag. The bag is neither here nor there. I don't know why I'm saying bag. But I need to go on. Praise the name of the Lord. The love of the world. And we saw, as we heard in the news, when we neutralize the enemy, we have access to the supernatural. Is that not what we all need? We have access to the supernatural. Jesus says in John 14, 30, he says that the prince of this world comes and he has no power over me, no claim on me, no hold on me. So we saw last week that Satan did not offer Eve the fruit as, as, as it appears. Satan was offering Eve the world. So if Satan attacks humanity by offering Eve the world, and he could Jesus, by offering Jesus the world, how do you think Satan will attack you and I? By offering us the world. You know, the demons that, if there are, I mean, I'm sure there are, I mean, that want you hindered. Actually, the list of your problems, if you understand this teaching, in fact, they are the least of your problems. And today, we are going to move on from there. I'm praying that God will give you understanding in the name of Jesus. What I'm going to share is going to be very simple, but if you get it, your life will change. In addition to all we have heard last week, Two other things you need to know about neutralizing the enemy. The first one is the supernatural. Everybody say the supernatural. The second one is the community. Everybody say the community. If you understand these things, the enemy you have no hold on you. The supernatural, let's go. Immediately. The supernatural simply means the 
natural that is super. The super on top of the natural. That is, in, in, in plain language, the unseen world. Listen, there is an unseen world. There is what? An unseen world. There's a world that cannot be seen. And the world that cannot be seen is so active, it's unbelievable. And in the unseen world, there are basically, well, two things that I want you to, to know. <laughs> the first is that you have to develop. Two things you have to develop. The first is the ability to hear heavenly conversations. Every child of God should be able to hear God. Every child of God should be able to hear, you should be able to hear your father. That's what makes you a child. That's what makes you a son. You should be able to hear your father. So the ability, now listen, to, to listen in on spiritual conversation is so powerful. It's so, so powerful. If, 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 if when, I'm, when I'm discipling people, I make a lot of effort to make sure they can hear God by themselves. Because when you can hear God by yourself, a lot of things are solved. In fact, one of the most important questions you will ever have to answer in your life, one of the most important questions you will ever have to answer in your life is this, what is God saying? You're faced in your career, what is God saying? In your business, what is God saying? You want to get married to that person. What is God saying? You're upset. You want to make a decision. What is God saying? It's, it's one of the most important decisions, if not the most important decisions, you will ever have to make. It's one of the most important questions you will ever have to answer. What is God saying? In Job chapter 1, from verse 1, the word of God says that there was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Oz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God. He stayed away from evil. Verse 6, the guy was buying his business following God. And one day, everybody say one day. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before God. And the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. Be careful when God begins to boast about you. Be very careful. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied, The Lord, yes, he does. But Job has good reason to fear God, doesn't he? You have always put a wall of protection around him. I'm praying that the wall of protection around you will not go down. 
You think things are just flowing. You think, anyway, I don't have time. And his home and his property, you have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But you reach out and take away everything he has and it will surely cause you to your face. Wow. The other thing here for you and I is a conversation was going on about Job's life in heaven and Job didn't know about it. Job had no clue. They were discussing Job in heaven. What do you think would have happened if Job had been able to listen in into that conversation? What do you think would have happened? Would that have changed something? Would that have changed Job's attitude a little bit? What do you would have happened if, if Job had been able to listen in to the conversation when, when the heavenly host gathered, if Job could come in and get access to the presence of God and listen in, what do you think would have happened? Listen, listen I'm going to tell you something. I hope you can handle them. Can you? When we're in Orchid, I had a conversation that was going to shut the door of this land. In fact, certain prophetic people had picked it up and they had said amongst themselves that we will not be able to take this land. They are Christians. And they heard correctly, but they did not tell me. But I heard it. And I heard them talking. And I told my wife, this is the sentence. And these people, this is what they have said. This person said this, that person said that. But as God lives, we are going to take the land. The rest is history. You see, they could have sealed it like that and you wouldn't even know. You have to be able to listen. Listen, this fasting, take it seriously. You need help from above. You have to be able to put your head on God's chest and listen. What are they saying? So that you can position Everybody say position. Position yourself. Position yourself. Which leads to the second thing about spiritual supernatural. You must have the ability to what? To listen to the conversation that is going on in heaven. And the second ability you must have is the ability to engage heaven. You must have the ability to engage heaven. Someone has come to you and said, Thus says the Lord, thank you, I've heard you. Go engage heaven, change it. Change it. They said to Ezekiel, no, 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 no. Isaiah, the, the greatest prophet of the land, said to, what king of Israel was it? I said, put your house in order. What king was that? Ezekiel. Yeah, okay, I was correct. 
Put your house in order. Thus says the Lord. Isaiah was the number one guy as far as the prophetic was concerned. The guy says, I've heard you. Thank you. And he engaged heaven. <laughs> I'm praying in the name of Jesus. That, you see, which is why you have to take your walk with God seriously. Fasting is coming. We are going to begin to fast as a church. Take it seriously. Engage with all that is within you. He turned and faced the wall and engaged heaven. And before the prophet could leave the palace, before he could walk out, God says to him, go back and tell him, he's not going to die again. <laughs> the prophet has said, so bloody what? So what? For they that know they are God shall be strong and you shall do what? Pay attention to your relationship with God is your greatest asset on earth. It's your greatest asset. It's your greatest asset. So, not only should you be able to hear the conversation of heaven, you must be able to engage heaven you must be able to bring your strong reasons. You must be able to say, God, if this happens, ah, your enemies will laugh. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It was not a prophet that told Abraham. But Abraham knew that not, it's not enough to hear from heaven. You must be willing and able to what? Engage and he engaged the maker of the heavens and the earth. And he says, Don't be upset, oh God. Don't be upset. If you find people, 50 people in the land, we used to destroy the land. God says, For 50, I will not destroy the land. And God was about to go. Abraham says, Please, oh God, please don't go. 40, God. Choke by 40. God says, okay, for 40 I'm not destroyed. He says, oh, I've taken it upon myself to speak to the maker of the heavens and the earth. Please don't slap me, George, George, George. What about 30? God says, for 30 I'm not destroyed. He says, now, this is now sounding ridiculous, oh Lord. But please, for 20's sake. God says, for 20 I won't destroy the land. Abraham thought, that boy, Lot, the rascal. Lot, his wife, his two daughters, five, four, their husbands, six, and each wife, traditionally, would have two house help attached to them. Two, two, ten. There must be ten people. Because Job was taught to command his house after God. There must be ten people that are living for you. God, what if there are ten? God says, for 10, I won't destroy the land. And Abraham stopped. And God got to those Sodom and Gomorrah, and he couldn't find 10 people. I'm praying that you will have power with God. That you will have power with God. God said to Moses, I'm going to wipe out these children of Israel. They have upset me. I'm going to... And Moses said, ah, remember, if you wipe them out, your enemies will laugh at you. God says, ah, that's true. Moses, you're a wise boy. I won't wipe them out. I mean, look, there's 
conversation with the maker of the heavens and the earth. You must have power with God. You must be able to, to put your, your head on God's breast and just listen to what they are saying. So I said to my wife, we are still knocking it. Can I ask her? I said to her, this is the statement. But as God lives, we are going to overturn it. And we overturned it by the grace of God. I didn't even tell the prayer people. I didn't even call Pastor Bola and say, yeah, carry prayer people. Let's begin to pray. No, no, no. It's not important. I have to stand as the priest before the throne of God and make intercession. And God canceled it. Praise the name of the Lord. Many of you, you are too jittery. You run Elder Skelter for nothing. For nothing. For nothing. Any small thing, you run to this prayer meeting and then you run to that prayer meeting. You don't stand before God. <laughs> Job in verse 16, chapter 16, verse 21. Job, I mean, this is I'm downloading. I'm praying that you get it in Jesus' name. Job in chapter 16, verse 21. Job said, I need someone to mediate between God and me as a person mediates between his friends. Job saw his helplessness to engage God on his matter. Job was saying, I wish I had a friend that would stand with me and take hold of heaven. I wish I could, I could just influence heaven. But guess what? The word of God says you and I, we have an advocate in Jesus that forever lives to make intercession for us before the throne of the Father. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, we are just amazing people, believers. The word of God says that Jesus lives forever. Hebrews 7. I don't know which, which, which verse. He lives forever to make intercession for us. And Hebrews 4 from verse 14 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all these testings we do. Yet he did not sin. Let us now come what? To the throne of grace. To the throne of our gracious God. Then we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Job was in a place when he needed God most and he was powerless to influence and engage heaven. You and I have a better covenant. Jesus is standing as a high priest and he's saying to you, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come and plead your cause before heaven that you will obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. Come boldly. The problem is we are not coming. Not a lot of people are engaging heaven. We are not coming. Imagine if I had if I had that conversation and I was unable to engage heaven. 
Imagine. 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 If I'm not even allowed in heaven. Imagine. But we have confidence by the blood of Jesus to come into the Holy of Holies. God wants us to come again. Take this fasting seriously. Help from above. God wants us to come so that we can obtain help. That's the supernatural. Then the community. Everybody say the community. Standing one with another and standing one for another. Standing one for another. You see, the power of the community neutralizes the enemy easily. Like Job lamented in Job 16.21. Job lamented, says, I need someone to mediate, to stand between me and God. A person that will plead my case with God. Listen, that's the beauty of being a part of a church or a life group. There are people in this church that I know that they are praying for me. I know. When I greet them, I know that this person is praying for me. And I'm totally grateful to God. If I'm not a part of the community, I won't have that benefit. There are people that are praying for you that you don't even know in this church. They may never have spoken to you, but the Holy Spirit, when they are praying, will drop your image in their mind. I remember that woman I saw in church, and God will say, pray. There are people I pray for, I don't even know them. And we are able to pray one for another. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two people are better than one. That is, when the enemy wants to take somebody out or destroy a destiny, it takes you out of community. That's the first thing he does. It, it makes you get angry at something. It makes you get upset at something. And it removes you from the covering of the people that God has put around you. That's the first thing he does. Says two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can what? Reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back. Everybody say back to back. Back to back and conquer. Three are even better. God is saying, you need to realize the power of community. This is why I love what the women are doing. They are forming communities. They are standing back to back. They are helping themselves. They are praying for themselves. They are praying for their families. They are praying for their husbands. Thank God. But some women will never go for the prayer meeting. If you are a husband, you better push her out of bed. Oh, girl, go and pray. I'm joking. When you start pushing her out of bed, did you hear what Pastor said? Get out. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to be gentle and be kind. 
standing one for another. Standing one for one for another. While we stand one for another in community, a key thing we have to realize about community is this. We have to maintain proper flow. I don't say proper flow. I don't have a lot of time to unpack this, but I'll, I'll try. Proper flow. While we stand together, we have to be in proper flow. So, for instance, the fact that we are in community, let's take the choir, for instance, as a community. Someone in, choir, in the choir should not say to the pastor in charge of the choir, kneel down and let me lay my hands on you and pray for you. That is not proper flow. No, no, it's not. It's not proper flow. While God is a God of community, a flat structure, God is also a God of order. I would say order. That is so important. Does the person have the power to speak into your life? It's so important. It's so important. Back to Genesis chapter 3, from verse 6, Genesis 3, 6. The word of God says in Genesis 3, 6 that the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was what? Beautiful. Everybody say beautiful. And its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband. Where was the husband? Where? He was just there with her. Many times we ask the question, where was Adam? But it's in the Bible where Adam was. Where was Adam? Just beside Eve. She gave it to him and he ate it also. Listen to this. Eve had community. The problem with Eve was not because she was exposed, was not because she didn't have the covering of her husband around her. The problem with Eve was Eve was the one feeding Adam. Improper flow. to Adam to eat. That's not the proper flow. 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 Don't feed me. Don't feed me. I am designed to provide for my wife. I'm designed to give. The man is the giver. I can't tell you the details because there are teenagers here. But you know what I mean. The man is the giver in all aspects of things. All aspects. So it is improper flow for provision to be flowing from Eve to Adam. 
It is improper flow for the vision for your children and your family to be flowing from your wife to you. Now, some of you need to tomorrow. Buy the tape, listen to it, and you understand it. It is improper flow. The problem at the garden was improper flow. Adam should have said to Eve, No, baby. I'm to feed you. Now, come over to the tree of life. And let me give you the fruit from the tree of life. Now, what do you think would have happened if at eating the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And Adam says, no, 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 don't feed me. Come, take the tree of life, take and eat. What would have happened to Eve? It would have neutralized it. It would have neutralized it. Improper flow. There are many of us, the trouble we are in is because we grew up in a family, improper flow. Total improper flow. So when you reverse the order, you are asking for trouble. Why should it be the wife that always envisions the future of the children? Something is wrong with that. Something's wrong with that, immediately. I'm not saying the woman cannot get the vision, but it must be in line with what you can see about your family and your children. Something's wrong with that. So, when there's a reverse flow, you are asking for trouble. You are opening your life up to the enemy. There will be confusion in that family. There will be pandemonium. When there's a reverse flow, there will be problems. The problem with Eve was not because she didn't have community. The problem was disorder. Improper flow made her fall. Those of us that are single, you need to be careful who you get married to. Be careful. Because marriage, once you are married, you are, you are married. Don't go and come and meet me that, uh, Pastor, uh, you know what? That was a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> and you can apply this all over. In your business in your career, you can apply it all over. I know families today that are in trouble because the wife says, this is where we are going to live. And the other says, sorry, I don't want to live in that place. And she moves away with the children to live in that place. Something is wrong with that. Something is wrong with that. That's improper flow. We have to maintain proper flow in our relationships. Everybody say proper flow. 
So as I round up this teaching, you may be here and you're like, Pastor, I really need to be able to hear these conversations that are going on in heaven. I really need to be able to influence the outcomes of my destiny. I really need to be able to, I really need to be able to, I really need to be able to. But the first step is to have a relationship with God. And some of you, you it's not like you, you, you used to be with God, but you vaccinated him, way gone. You've abandoned your relationship with God. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. If that is you, put up your hand now over your head. I need to know you are there. God bless you. God bless you, my sister, right there. God bless you, right there. God bless you. God bless you. Put it up well, well. God bless you. Over your head. They will slip a card in your hand. It's okay. Keep the hands up. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. If you have the card, you can put down your hand and cry to God. I want to know you are there. That is me. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother, over there. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Right, right back at the, over there. God bless you. That is me, Lord. That's me. I, 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 I don't have a relationship with God at all. I need to come into the kingdom. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Or oh, oh, I've and Now I need to come back home, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. I need to come back home. That is me. Put up that hand over your head now. I will pray together. God bless you. Can you put it up well? Well. Over your head. The rest of us, why don't you talk to God about what you've heard? The supernatural. Some people, their frequency is jammed. There's interference. All they can hear is shh. Why don't you pray that your frequency will be clear? For some, you know what is being said, but you don't have the power to intervene. Why don't you begin to take your place now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Why don't you cry to your mediator, to your Christ, to your God, to have mercy upon you? For some of us, we've been taken out of community. The enemy is trying to lure you out of your house fellowship. He's trying to lure you out of your department. He's trying to lure you out of church. He's trying to separate you so that he can. Why don't you begin to sort it out with God right now? Jesus, and you will speak clearly to these ones, my Father. 
the power to prevail with you. Give unto each and every one of us the grace to stay in community. Give unto us, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. In Jesus' unfailing name, we are praying.